Hello, welcome to the Choose Love podcast series. This is Scarlett Lewis, the founder of the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement and your host. We're so happy that you came back to extend your learning and to have a lot of fun. I have today with me, and I'm so excited to introduce Kate McKinnon, who is the author of the Compassionate Touch Extension Program of the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement. We're going to talk about how that came about, why she chose to do that project with the Choose Love Movement, and how important compassionate touch is in our lives, what it looks like in schools, and then finally, how we can consciously practice compassionate touch in our own lives. So welcome, Kate. Thank you, Scarlett, for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here. Kate, you're such a dear friend of mine, and I want to talk about how we met. Kate was actually Dr. Wayne Dyer's personal craniosacral therapist. So uh, craniosacral therapy is a form of energy healing course, Wayne Dyer is um, one of the most famous authors probably of all time. I learned a lot from him before Jesse's murder. And when Wayne asked me to come and speak at one of his events, he introduced me to Kate. And actually, Wayne gifted me a session with Kate. So I remember Kate being in the hotel room and having my session with you and just having really a beautiful life-changing moment and really maybe for the first time understanding just how powerful energy healing is as well as compassionate touch and that was the start of our tremendous friendship Uh, Kate you've been so instrumental in my personal healing I continue to have sessions with Kate for the past six years and I just I love you as a friend and also as a practitioner and a healer and such an instrumental part of my own healing so that's kind of my background with Kate but you know we had a conversation at one point early on when you were talking to me about compassionate touch and how important it is in the classroom and how there's so much fear around it. And I remember, and I'll never forget you saying this, this is one of my aha moments in my life when you said that sometimes the classroom is the first time that a child might ever receive compassionate touch. So in other words, you gave the situation where There's a young child that is maybe crying in distress, clearly needs comforting. Sometimes we're afraid of how to handle that situation when you really just want to scoop them up and take them on your lap and squeeze them. But what is the appropriate response? You said you could ask the child, may I touch you? And the child could say yes. And then you could touch them gently on the shoulder. And that might be the first time that that child ever received compassionate touch. Or the child could say no. And that might be the first time that the child has ever had the realization that they can say no to touch. And that moved me so tremendously. And I think was the first step in us working together towards the compassionate touch program because I realized how vitally important this is in in a child's life. 
I remember that conversation too, and I think it was a point where you were developing the SEL program to go out. I was really curious, is touch involved in this? Because it's, mm-hmm. to me, it makes so much sense that if we're going to be teaching our children social skills and ways and emotional tools to navigate through in life, that touch is such an innate part of our being as humans, is it involved? And it didn't surprise me that it wasn't. And then I remember asking somebody who has looked at lots and lots of the social and emotional learning programs that have been developed throughout America and asking him, hey, have you seen Touch talked about, discussed a part of the program? He said, nope. Which to me, honestly, it does surprise me and I, and I find it a little bit disheartening because it is there. I remember you sharing about when you asked the children show me what love looks like and that they all turn around the hug or hold hands but that's the way they connect right it's so so much a part of who we are and yet there's so much fear to the extent where it's not included and talked about in many of the programs that we have so wisely or foolishly i uh decided to take that challenge on and <laughs> take out <laughs> foolishly <laughs> and here's what i think is that we can't have it in a clear you know there's no sort of protocol and rights and wrongs around it i mean because that's not what we're teaching when we're looking at sel we're looking at tools to navigate life how can we navigate it wisely and so there there's no black and white rules here But what I did want to create was something that gave ideas, gave possibilities, and have each educator look at it and go, oh, I could do that part, or I would just tweak it like this, and I would want to include it like that. Um, But really get the essence of it in there and start to take out some of the fear around touch. And obviously schools have their own policies that staff need to look at, but I would love for it to become a bigger part of the conversation uh, when we're looking at helping our children with their social emotional skill set. Yeah, and you talked about the essential component of love. I talk about how love is what connects us all as human beings. The want and need to love and be loved is something that we all share. We're all the exact same in that. Doesn't matter how old we are or any other perceived difference at all. We all have this want and need and love is actually connection. And the interesting thing to me, um, probably maybe the most interesting thing in my whole journey is that these social and emotional learning skills, tools, and attitudes that help us connect are not innate. We are not born with them. We have to learn them. And so we have these mirror neurons in our brains that kind of help us connect. They help us mimic movements and things like that. But literally the skills and tools that we need to have healthy relationships and meaningful connections, we have to learn. And so this healthy touch is all a part of that and such an essential part. And can even begin when they're 18 months old. And one of the three videos, the first video is for elementary school. And as I was gathering the information for that, I was talking to a toddler school program. They say to each other, they they model, they teach the children. Like you're saying, it's isn't eight. They need guidance. Mm -hmm. Um, But the kids want to touch each other. And so they're taught, may I touch you? And here's the interesting thing. Between the age of 18 months and three years old, they're going to give you a clear yes, a clear no. (laughs) They haven't got all the layers of baggage that we have Mm -hmm. later on as we get older. They're just like, yeah, no, they really know straight away. 
So if they if they get a yes, then they go to touch their friend. And sometimes they, you know, it's a little forceful or a little overwhelming for that other child. So the teacher can help intervene and say, oh, look, his face looks a little sad or see how happy he is. So start reading the cues and then help them modulate how deep or how much the touch is and, and show them maybe just a nice you know, tap on the arm or you know, if they want a hug, but helping them guide the children so that they start to learn and navigate that from that very early age. You know, and this is my dream. It's like if the children were shown at that young age and that was continued on in that same philosophy all the way to high school, can you imagine what a skill set that would give a teen navigating their teen life at high school? Absolutely. So vitally important. Yeah. And then, you know, as they get older, so what we did was then ask, as they go through elementary school, it's the same, you know, often they still need that snuggle sometimes. But again, it's at the children's initiation. So if a lap is available, maybe they'll just plonk themselves in it and go sit down. Another great way of doing it, and this can be used in elementary, middle and high school, is a simple handshake or high five at the door as they come in. And again, you know, whatever that child wants to do and however they want to do it, there's so many different creative ways that I've seen. By just doing that, that connection, it was so loud and clear to me when I sat down with the high schoolers and did like a focus group. What I heard so clearly from them is we want connection. We're not getting the connection that we want and need from our peers and from our teachers. So any ways that we can enhance that, one of the teachers shared on, on the video that's on the Choose Love Extension program, because we've been discussing this, she brought it into her classroom afterwards and, and she shares what happened, was that she would greet the high schoolers. Often they would just come into the classroom, heads down on their phones, put themselves in the desk, really no connection happening as they're entering into the classroom. So she kind of just stood in their way on their path <laughs> into the classroom and either high-fived or shook their hand as they came in and got that eye contact, got the touch. So much information is conveyed through a, that touch about the emotional state of the child, of the student that's coming in. Mm. Then they started to sit down. She said the whole school year completely changed and she's actually a Spanish teacher. So one of the big things, you know, as a teen, you don't want to really be speaking another language because it's very you know, self-conscious. She said that really helped get over that issue. So they were much more willing to talk in Spanish and it really helped the whole classroom. And she got to know the students in a whole different way. I love that story. And it actually reminded me of a personal story. I remember six years ago after Jesse's murder at Sandy Hook, I'm home and his bus would go by. And it was a terrible time for me, as you can imagine. So yeah. I started going out and walking during that time, just so I wouldn't be home to hear his bus go by. And so I'm walking along the road and people would be passing me and nobody would wave. I forget about waving. People looked miserable. And really my whole experiment kind of started out because it pissed me off. I was like, seriously? what do you have to be miserable about, right? So yeah. I literally started trying to look at them in the eye and waving, but almost in a kind of, I don't know, like screw you way, you know, you shouldn't be upset. Do you want to hear my, that type of thing? Because it was a tough time for me. Uh, and by the way, I don't always choose love, but I try to. 
<laughs> anyway, so I'm walking <laughs> down the road and uh, I just every day, every day for a year, I would, you know, when I, I travel a lot, so a lot of times I'm not home, but when I was, I would be walking and I would be smiling and waving. So one day, JT's home, Jesse's older brother, he's like maybe 14, and he goes, hey mom, I'll walk with you, which I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so we go out. I'm not even looking at the cars that are going by. I'm actually just talking to him because I'm so thrilled that he's with me on the walk. And uh, he goes, wow, mom, people really like you. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, everybody that's driving by is waving and smiling at you. And <laughs> I had realized that, I mean, together, these people on their way to work or wherever they're going, and I had basically transformed each other's day from you know, what had before been kind of an angry, uh, you know, miserable time for me and what seemingly was miserable for them into looking for that connection and waving and smiling. So I thought that was pretty cool because bottom line, don't we all just want to be safe, seen and celebrated each one of us as human beings. And we all deserve that. And uh -huh. just being seen is so vitally important. Yes. And I think that's what the teacher shared in the middle school was the handshake helps give the teacher a sense of, I think you want to connect in with that student today because there was something different. In fact, there was a study done around touch where through touch alone, we're able to accurately assess eight different types of emotions. So there's a huge amount of information there that part is probably innate in us because we are hardwired for touch. Mm. Our nervous system is made for touch to be part of the way we connect. So there's really important pieces of information there. And it's also really helpful for us to help regulate our emotional states. One of the videos that we all did in addition to doing those different school years was we did one with a school nurse and also we did one for the overwhelmed child because especially, you know, school nurses are often working with the children where the system is flooded. And sometimes there's a point and we can think of it as adults where we reach the state where we just can't, we don't have the words available and, and with children even more so they don't have that verbal skill set. So it reaches a point where talking just isn't going to work what they need is just that connection which could be a hand on the back where we can just offer that hand and say is this touch okay you know check in with them because again it's it's helping them figure out what is it that they need how much input do they need do they need a big hug mm -hmm. do they need just one hand behind them is that going to be enough or do they just want somebody to sit next to them but all of those things, you know, are available as choices and we're empowering the children to start to check in with themselves. Oh, what is it I do need right now? That's a skill set that we can take into adult life because, as you know, not all of us were taught these skills in, in our younger years and are starting to learn them more as adults, right? And, and it can take some learning. Okay, what, what would help me right now? And obviously with children, you know, they don't always know as adults. There's a whole wide range of possibilities where we can use touch to help them and empower them. Because, you know, when I was sharing with you, 
some children, the only kind of touch sometimes might be receiving at home is a forceful or an overriding touch or perhaps a violent touch. Mm. I mean, touch covers that whole spectrum, right? It can create great harm and it can create profound healing. So we want the children to what is healthy and compassionate touch. So all those components in there and have their nervous system experience that so they have something to contrast it to with where they're receiving touch that just really isn't helpful at all. In fact, damaging. And so for people that are listening to this podcast, how can we start to practice these components of healthy, compassionate touch? I always listen to things and I think, well, I'm learning something new. I understand the importance of it, but how can I start practicing it right away in my own life and and maybe with my kids or my spouse? Uh Yeah. So when we think about it in our homes right now, I have two teenagers and so especially during this time, they don't always want a hug. No, I might want to give them a hug. It's not about <laughs> me. So um, I will open up my arms and they either move in for that hug or they may stand to the side and just have a little side hug mm-hmm. or they may just not want it that day. Sometimes you don't always have to say, may I hug you? Their arms are extended. They know, you know, that's another way of just a nonverbal cue. What would you like right now? You know, I'm open for a hug. What would you, you know, what's what's available to you? But making a routine out of things is, is good. So in the morning, when they get up in the morning, when they're going to bed at night, I will always sort of offer that to mm. them. So there's a way of building in the routine. So there is always that connection on a daily basis. I was going to say that resonates with me because JT, I would probably consider that he's really not a hugger, but... I need that hug. So I feel like I take hugs from him every day and he kind of just willingly submits or maybe not really willingly, but somewhat begrudgingly at times <laughs> submits. But I think that we both need that connection and yeah. I know I definitely do. And so I've trained him, I think, to submit when I come at him with my arms extended. He knows, all right, this is going to happen whether I want it to or not. And uh, that's funny. I, I never thought about asking for his permission because I thought he probably would say no. And I don't know. I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> well, you know, it's a negotiation, right? It's a kind of dance that happens. Right. And It's true. Um, it's so true. Right? And you're creating something that you know, maybe it's stretching him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. again, it's like, I hate to say things that are black and white because we have our own ways of doing it. But I would say, you know, just in the back of our minds, particularly as the parents, I mean, and you're saying, yeah, the hug is really for me. You know, just be honest about that. Like, look at it, is it, is it for you? Is it for the child? <laughs> I mean, there are going to be different answers at different times, but also I think there are times where they really don't want that hug. And that can, you know, as the adult, as the parent, can we just hang back and respect that at certain times and not override the system? Or there are times where they don't know. I mean, for my son as well, there are times that he doesn't really realize that would help contain him. And so it's more of what we talk about in the overwhelmed child. We just really go in and sweep them up and you're creating safety for the environment as well as their bodies by just wrapping them up and, and, you know, giving them that container. So there are all those different situations. So as complex as that might sound, I also think 
you know, when I when I talk about healthy, compassionate touch, we have the skill set to do this. It isn't that hard, and especially when we're bringing all the other components of the SEL of social emotional learning and mm-hmm. all of our tools, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We really can figure it out. I think it's a beautiful compliment to any social and emotional learning program. And of course, this is an extension program that is offered on our website at no cost. It's an incredible program. It's been downloaded so many times across the country, in fact, all over the world. And I love, I'm just so grateful to be able to, along with you, Kate, offer this information that is is really life transforming, but can also be life saving. You know, the one other thing I would like to add that we have put on a little video to the website under the extension program that we made with kindergartners where we teach the children how to use compassionate touch on each other. It's based off of a book called I Can Show You I Care, Compassionate Touch for Children, which was written by a colleague of mine in the cranial sacral world. This was a passion of Dr. John Appledger, who was the founder of cranial sacral therapy, and he was really passionate about helping the children learn how to support one another through touch. So this is if a child, say, is emotionally hurt or physically hurt, their friend can say, may I touch you, put their hands on, think happy, loving thoughts to help support the well-being of their friend. So the video, I talk through that and show how that can easily be incorporated in a classroom setting as well. They did a little short study on that too, and they found that it really helped with classroom management. Beautiful, and it completely ties into what we teach in the Choose Love Enrichment Program, which is the power of our thoughts and how we have control over our thoughts and how choosing loving, which is kind, caring, concerned, compassionate thoughts, feel good, help us take our personal power back, make the world a better place, uh, positively impact those around us, and then angry, hateful, and resentful thoughts or reacting to a certain situation or interacting in that way literally feels bad and we become victims. So this all tied in so beautifully. It's why we call ourselves the next generation social and emotional learning program. We have lifespan programming in every aspect and we're offering Kind of these extension programs that extend the social and emotional learning outside the classroom, bringing it into homes and communities. And compassionate touch is such an essential component of this. Kate, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and the gift that you're giving us and those people that have joined the Choose Love movement. We just so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Hey, hey, oh. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let.